If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Boards of Strategy Game News, we have updates on Thea 2, Galsiv 3, Planetfall, ISG, and much, much more. Troy. Hey Troy, welcome to the show. Hey Nate, it's great to be back with you tonight. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, <clears throat> I'm doing okay. I'm a bit distressed about what's going on in the U.S. right now. With, Me too. Uh, you know, with the shootings and everything. I'm just like, ugh, I'm really bummed about it. I'm, I feel really bad for the people that are injured and for the families whose family members died. So, <sighs> yeah. But I mean, other than that, I'm doing okay. Yourself? Uh, I had a very exhausting week uh, this past week, and next week are two crunch times at my work, <sighs> and so like I am physically exhausted right okay. now. All right. Normally, I don't so, get uh, physically worn down at my job mm-hmm. for the most part. It doesn't really mm-hmm. tax me, but these two weeks right here, I, I have taken so many naps, like just come home and collapsed over the last yeah. few days, so... I'm pretty worn out, my friend. Well, let's get to it then. Yeah, let's not mess around. Why don't we kick it off with Civ 6? Why don't you tell us about that? So, do you know how, you know how um, back in uh, in the beginning of the year, I wrote up a piece and uh, Dallin wrote up a piece and Joshua did a piece about the future of Civ 6? Yeah, those were really good. So, you you remember those, right? Yeah, I read them. In fact, I think I read each of them twice. They were so good. Well, you also helped edit them. so that, <laughs> That's true. But no, they were very good. They were very good and uh, very thought-provoking, I thought. I say thank you on behalf of all all of us, so thank you. But anyways, we um, – and I mean since then there's been a major – I think two major updates, like free ones, you know, balance patches and like back and forth after like continuing taking feedback from Gathering Storm. This is very unusual for Firaxis to give support to a game this long after what apparently looked like the last uh, expansion, but turns out that might not be the case. So basically Firaxis put up a poll that takes, I don't know, like three, four, five minutes or so to answer that asks various questions about, you know, what we would like from Civ. You know, what we like about it, how would we order things, like what's our most favorite, least favorite, how much we'd be willing to pay for this or that. So it looks like there might be more stuff coming in the future. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a full-blown expansion or maybe a few more DLC with uh, civilization scenarios, maybe even a new game mode or something, maybe alternate leaders 
for existing civilizations. So I don't know, but it's it's cool. We're gonna have a link in the notes for those of you that are playing Civ Six that would like to participate. It's uh, pretty neat. And then uh, by the time you hear this, also our Audible extension for Civilization Six: Gathering Storm will be up. So give it a listen. Leave us a note in the comments below or on Steam or Discord or wherever. You know, it's I like when people comment on the website. So like last week, Weekly Exchange had interesting conversations, but it was all on Discord. But I like when still a few people post just because it gives us more exposure online when people do searches and stuff like that. Because the more activity you have like on your website, the more hits you end up getting. So just something to consider for those that want to leave a comment. And and a quick address to that, the settings, we have it set on the bare minimum possible to comment on our articles. But it is no longer going to be just somebody posting whatever because we've had issues with trolling, we've had issues with spam, and we've had to institute the bare minimum, at least registering an account or having a WordPress account or something like that or using your social media or something. Yeah, you can so sign just, in with uh, Twitter or Facebook, something like that. Yeah, just so people know, it's not like it's it's not that we haven't had it. We've had this in place for maybe three years now is that WordPress all of a sudden started to really – put it into place it almost feels like it wasn't working before as compared to now so when people ask did we make a change we didn't because it's just when we had the issues with the website a few months back once we updated it i think it fully kicked in so anyways that's it for civ 6 uh hoping to hear back from you all about what you think about our gathering storm review and the audible extension and whatnot and looking forward to seeing what uh, firaxis has in store for us in the future all right. Thank you, Nate. Uh, next, we've got Thea 2, and I'm really excited to talk about this. I'm really loving this game right now. So this past week, the Return of the Vol DLC was released by Muha Games for Thea 2 The Shattering. And this DLC is it, it's small in scope, I guess I would say, but it adds so much great stuff to the game. First... Uh, it added the Vol and Goosla magic user classes, which I think I have a Vol in my current what group. Yeah, I got one. Oh, yeah, I we're got. Gonna, really we're gonna lucky. have to talk about this. We're gonna have to talk about this yeah. at the end specifically. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Share our experiences. So yeah, I got a Vol already, and well, but you know, I play a lot of this game. <laughs> uh, also, 30 new events were added, and I know I've had at least one already. So it's not just like this stuff is for the end game. Like sometimes you get a new DLC and it only addresses like the hardcore players or like the end game stuff. No, you can get this stuff pretty early in the game. In addition, they've added 13 new rituals, and it was like my dream list of rituals was added to the game. And Everything I could have wanted, they put in. So now you can summon pets, which is great. Like, you can summon, um, like, cats, which, I, I mean, I know, that must sound... To someone who's never played this game, you, wow, you can summon, like, a house cat? Yeah. Well, house cats add to your stats in this game as a, as a pet familiar. And that can be really useful if you give one of those cats to your children, because mm -hmm. then your children get more options when they grow up. Hopefully. And so you can really rack up their stats with these pets that you can summon through the rituals. So it's actually a big deal. And also, like, I know there's been people who've had trouble 
taking on certain challenges, well, they've added rituals that will give your characters a physical buff or a spiritual buff or something like that. Or they can summon like a really tough monster to your team for a few turns. And that lets you go attack a challenge that might be normally out of your, oh, how would I put it? Your range of abilities or your level. Out of your league. Yeah, out of your league. And it allows you to attack it, and then you have something that you can sacrifice in combat by summoning this. Now, these can take some pretty high-level materials to do, so they may end up rebalancing some of this in the future to make them more useful in the early game. But so far, I'm digging the new ritual uh, tech tree, and I love the new artwork that they've added in. There's lots of new arts. Also, they added some new... Well, I shouldn't say necessarily new creatures, but they're creatures from Thea 1 that I really enjoyed. For instance, like the Rockers are in now. Oh, so like, they were in before. The Rockers um, It says e- added Elder Swamper, Rockers, Icicles, and Lava Rockers. I, I think they added more of them. More of them? Okay, because I haven't gotten one yet. Oh, and okay. I remember getting one in Thea 1, and, mm. like getting a Rocker. And like they could carry so much stuff. And that was great because encumbrance was a huge problem in Thea 1. I don't feel it's quite as bad in Thea 2. But, man, just having um, somebody in your party that can just carry a lot of material, that's really fantastic. Also, they added in a lot of new tooltips, which the game needs. They need to keep adding in more tooltips. Not to mention a bunch of bug fixes and rebalances to the game, which are always appreciated. Um, My mods that I use with the game still work, which is fantastic. So I can tell that the devs took a lot of care when making this DLC not to just obsolete everything that came before. So I got to tell you, uh, this DLC, it's free, doesn't cost you anything, and I love it. Um, I'm really glad that they added it to the game. And also... mm, mm, Oh, go ahead, my friend. Go ahead. No, no. So another thing they did is in Thea 1... When they released um, the DLC for Thea 1, Return of the Giants, they did a thing called Coffee for the Devs. You're stealing my thunder, Nate! Oh, sorry, sorry. Why don't you go ahead and talk about it, though? You're already talking about it. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So this time around, and that's basically, nobody has to do this, but if you feel like you want to, you know, you want to thank the developers, uh, leaving a review on Steam helps. Um talking about the game on social media and wherever else, you know, our forums or anywhere else and telling people what you think good, bad, hopefully good helps. But the thing that helps as much, if not more, is giving them money. Now, if you buy another key for a friend, that's awesome. But so you can do co-op. So a lot, I don't think people realize that you can do co-op in Thea 2. But the thing they did is coffee. They did pizza for developers. So basically it's like $7 DLC where you're buying them pizza. Now, I don't know if they're actually buying pizza, or not, but I don't think seven dollars goes very far in the UK. Well, I don't know. It's I I I cannot speak as to the UK, but in the US you can go to Little Caesars. Get some pizza there. Uh, it's a bit more expensive in the UK. I've been there a few times. Well, either way, so it's a nice little thing that you can do for the devs. Now we'll have a link to that also in our show notes. Yeah. So sorry uh, for stealing. It's making me hungry right now. I can't. Yeah. I thought you were sleepy. Uh, I'm sleepy and hungry. Pizza sounds great. Oh, man. <laughs> sounds like you're going to have a long night ahead of you. Yeah, it sure does. Well, let's move on to Planetfall. What can you tell us about that right now? Well, I will tell you three things about it. 
The first thing I will tell you is by the time you hear the show, Planetfall has launched officially. So ha if the listeners had not pre-ordered it, which, you know, we don't recommend pre-orders unless you know you're buying the game or maybe even waiting a little bit to see how the game comes out. But, you know, the people will get a chance to buy it and play it. That's the first bit of news. Second bit of news is that we'll have our review up. Rob has been, um, it should be, by the time you hear this, it would have been up at least, I think, two days. So we'll have a review up, and I'm not going to, you know, I'll let you read the review, but Rob liked it, and one of his takeaways from it is that if we were still doing exemplary reviews upon release, this game would definitely be a candidate. And I have played Age of Wonders Planetfall, and I can honestly say I agree that it's at release. It, I mean, I wish there were a few more factions, but I, I always say that. So, you know, that's nothing. You yeah, that's the, true. Ones, the ones they have are really fleshed out and no two are alike. And the minor factions or the independents are really unique. And there's there are a lot of really cool mechanics. And it's just I, I'm very curious to get the, the wider feedback from the community. So I'm going to be following comments, discussions, things like that. I'm very, very curious. So, okay, so that's the second bit of news. The third bit of news is the last Dev Diary that they have, which is basically Dev Diary number 45. Well, that's the last Dev Diary before release. I'm sure they're going to continue them afterwards, but uh, it's called Console and Controller UI. So as you all know, the game is coming to console, and they're discussing the specific controllers that are going to be for it for the PS4 and the Xbox One. They're also talking about um, the the game itself, that it's basically going to be the full version of the game. It's going to be optimized for the console. It's actually going to be a little bit easier for them because you don't have so many different variants. So the 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 optimizing and the you know the coding and whatnot is going to be easier to do as a whole for consoles. And then there's, of course, the conversation about, you know, uh, as part of optimization, part of the code for it, they're also looking at the future, which is Google Stadia, and how something like this would work on a cloud-only platform. Now, I have more to say about this specifically, and this will be a rant, and it's going to be at the tail end, so I don't want to interrupt the flow of the show with that. So I'm putting a pin in it for the moment. But yeah, in our notes, we're going to have a link to the review. We're going to have a link to the dev diary there might even be something released like any patch notes like day zero day one patch notes if they make it in time we'll have it if not they'll be on the next show so stay tuned for that and that's pretty much it for age of wonders 3 i mean you can there's a lot more stuff in there they're talking about multiplayer they're talking about interface and scaling they're talking about the ui like how are they going to do all these complicated things with a controller and it's interesting because a lot of people use controllers when they play their pc games i mean i have several games that require a controller and i don't have one dedicated to it because i'm not going to sit there playing with a controller looking at my laptop that's ridiculous <laughs> at least for me so until i get a much bigger screen which i'm working on right now figuring out what i want i'm looking at like a 49 inch wraparound samsung beast with like what's going to need what i'm going to need to run it so you know eventually i'll have one and then i'll probably want my controller but anyways um that's it for age of wonders planetfall so i'm just going to go ahead and um real quickly jump to the next title now this is a short update for astra exodus this is a 4x that we talked about recently it's an early access right now this uh update in the closed beta 0.04.09 is mostly bug fixes and little balancing now i'm working on getting rob a key because he definitely wants to check it out so expect some 
feedback from him in the near future. So that, there's not much more to add here. If you're not playing it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And if you are playing it, you already know about this. So keep an eye out. Astrax this. We will have coverage for it in the future. And uh, that's it for that news item. All right, very cool. So let's talk about Pax Nova for a minute while we're on the subject of Latin words or Greek words, something like that. Uh, Pax Nova got a community appreciation update, and part of that was a roadmap for what's coming. The community appreciation update includes uh, more planetary colonization options, enhanced planetary differentiation, which I assume is basically uh, biomes, and improvements to diplomacy and a whole new tech era. So that's that's a pretty big deal. They're also going to be adding extra tooltips to the city UI and uh, increasing the differences among things like prosperity, income balance, pollution, harmony, all this sort of thing. So also, the August update. So here we go. We have a patch for August. Uh, they're implementing artifact mechanics, like a lot of space 4X games have um, mechanics where there's an ancient crashed ship. Or there might be some ancient piece of debris that's floating around a, a planet and you can go explore it and learn something from it. Uh, I've played a lot of Predestination and there's an artifact exploration mechanic in that game. So this is being added to Pax Nova. Uh, they've implemented new planetary traits, space mining, homeworld mechanics. Also, they've added 22 ne new technologies to the game, which is quite a few. And also some new strategic resources, new quests, new random events. All this is going in. And in addition to a bunch of other additions, bug, bug fixes, and rebalances. So... I think we had some people on our forums, on our Steam forums, uh, mentioning that, you know, this game hasn't had an update in quite a while. Well, it's getting one now. Came out on July 29th, I believe. So this is a pretty big update for the game along with the roadmap. And, of course, if you want to learn more about Pax Nova, you can join them on their Discord server that really seems to be getting popular. Uh, Discord. Yeah, so. and... Rob's probably going to make a video or two now. Oh, okay. Well, uh, great. I can't wait to see those. As, as a quick reminder, Pax Nova is an early access right now. So it is an early access game, and that's pretty nice that they're doing this. People were afraid that there was too much too much silence, and they're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Well, no, no, no need to worry just yet. Give them a chance to do their thing. So, you know. Grey Wolf has been doing pretty good with Pax Nova. So let's, let's, see, uh, let's see how that goes, you know? Yeah, agreed. So uh, let's stay in space and talk a little bit, little bit about ISG. How are things over there? Yes. So Interstellar Space Genesis, which recently came out and we have a review up for it and Oliver liked it. And uh, soon enough, I don't know if it'll be, I think it'll be after you hear this podcast. So I don't know if it'll be like that same week or the following week. You're going to hear the Audible extension for it as well. So anyways, uh, they just released two patches, patch 1.0.2 and patch 1.0.3, which were, what were they? They were uh, two days apart. And basically in both of these patches, uh, lots of bug fixes. In the first patch, it's quick bug fixes. So I think that felt like something that they really needed to address. It was a major bug that they found. So 
they fixed that and patch 1.0.3 is actually a much more extensive bug fix they added a new thing that they added is an option to skip the intro cinematic which is nice it's actually it has a really nice intro cinematic it has really good voiceover work so you know if you're playing the game once in a while i don't know if you'd want to skip it but if you're playing it you know five times a day and you're trying different things then yeah it would be i guess it would be nice to skip stuff like that and then they added more stuff to the ui for the galaxy map and then like i said lots of bug fixes so if you want to know specifically what it's all about just click on the notes i'm not gonna list off item by item so it'll all be in the notes and joe is back so hooray all the notes are up in case you guys didn't know so for the last three shows the notes are up this one's also going to be the fourth show notes will be up so that's it. Not too much going on with interstellar space Genesis other than, you know, fixing stuff up. All right. Well, we have a similar situation with Stellar Monarch. Very brief update. Uh, Chris Cosmic, the developer for it, n- no joke there, that's his name, uh, is soliciting ideas for the name of his first expansion. Now, he's done a great job of interacting with the community uh, on getting feedback and ideas for the first expansion for Stellar Monarch, and now he wants help with the name. So, originally, the working title was Technocracy, and at the moment, I think the age of technology is in the lead for ideas for the name for this expansion. However... He wants to involve the community. You know how uh, Amplitude Studios is constantly involving community and naming things and coming up with things? He wants to do the same for Stellar Monarch. So anybody can uh, log on to the Steam forums for Stellar Monarch and look for the thread that says Upcoming Expansion for Stellar Monarch and suggest names for the expansion. Like I said, the current one, uh, The Age of Technology... I think is in the lead, but he's very open to suggestions for the name. There's going to be a lot of stuff with technology, with politics in this one. So if you've ever wanted to have the opportunity to name an expansion for a 4X game, really more of a grand strategy game, I would say. But still, it's 4X grand strategy hybrid. Uh, Stellar Monarch is open to your suggestions, and you might just be the winner. So go ahead and comment on their thread. We'll link it in the notes, and mm-hmm. you'll be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And now, in slightly different news, and by that I mean exactly the same vein, being uh, Space 4X, we haven't heard anything from Stardock in a while. And uh, on the 1st of August, they released something called Aliens of Summer. It's just it's not any new content. They're just talking about um, Galsiv 3, that post intrigue it will not be getting any more dlc or expand well it won't be getting any more expansions but their focus moving forward is going to be balancing and tweaking the game and taking feedback from the community to improve the experience that's already there so this is one of those things that we really like to see which is post-release support which is not only bug fixes doesn't only include bug fixes and just basic balance but actually taking community feedback and improving the game based on that because who knows better than the people that play the game what is wrong with the game so if everybody comes back and says look you know this part of the game is completely bunk 
and we need to do something about it and nobody's listening well uh why even do that right why even bother so star rock is telling its fans its community hey we are listening we are taking feedback we are keeping track so please keep it coming and that's going to be moving forward for a while the support that we're going to put into galaxy 3's implementing your guys' suggestions as we see fit. And I mean, I know I'm probably putting words in their mouth when I'm saying this, but when I say see fit is like, because the community says, well, we all want this, doesn't mean that it's something possible or something feasible. So there is a limit on that. But still, if it's something that can be done and it's reasonable and it doesn't impact major gameplay elements, I'm pretty sure Star Rock will take a look at it, you know, give it a swing. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. They're the ones that did a patch for Fallen Enchantress Legendary Heroes not that long ago, and then did a, a patch for Galsiv 2, I think like three years ago, I want to say. You know, after Galsiv 3 had launched, they did another patch for Galsiv 2. They had to go find an old computer to load up Windows XP just to load that up, but they did it anyway. So, like, Stardock is fantastic about supporting a game post-launch it's rare to find a company that dedicated to it yep yep all right well we're gonna Mm -hmm. talk about northgard for a minute and northgard is if you don't remember a real-time strategy game with a viking theme it's got for me it captures a lot of the world uh i'm sorry the warcraft one experience like for me it feels like that it's so good like, for, for me, Warcraft 1 was a great game. So anyway, Northgard Conquest is coming out. And Northgard Conquest is um, basically an expansion for Northgard that includes procedurally generated campaigns where you can cooperatively play with someone and work toward a goal together. So that's really cool. Also with this announcement, they revealed that Northgard will be coming to consoles... On September 26th. So if you like the Switch or PS4, Xbox One, and you want to play some strategy games, maybe something with uh, 4X-like elements, which Northgard does have, uh, you'll be able to play that on console starting September 26th. And if you're even more of a curmudgeon, like not only are you wanting to play strategy games on console, you want to play them on a tabletop. There's actually something coming out called Northgard Uncharted Lands. And it's a board game set in the Northgard universe. And it's a strategy board game. I don't know if it's going to be more like an American-style game with a zero-sum winner at the end or a Euro game where everybody kind of cooperates towards a a goal together. Kind of like, let's see, Forbidden Desert is a Euro game I play a lot. It's a lot of fun. So, anyhow, uh, that's coming out. So, Northgard Uncharted Lands board game will be out there set in the, uh, you know, it's it's Viking theme. How could it not be good, right? Absolutely. So that's that's Absolutely. Uh, three big pieces of news from Northgard. Well, Conquest there's a fourth is coming one. out. Uh, it's coming out on consoles toward the end of September. And then there's a board game coming out. There's a fourth one. Yeah, what's that? They recently released another clan for Northcard. Oh, yeah? So another DLC. Yeah, it's called the Clan of the Kraken. Oh, really? Yeah. I totally missed that. Hang on. I got to look that up. It's in the notes, and it adds new gameplay elements also. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's like the first mythical animal that they've done. You know, it's been like the Clan of the Moose and Goat. I really like the Goat. Wolf, Bear. So Clan of the Kraken. 
Wow. Yeah. So that's cool. that's another thing that they added. All right. Well, let's uh, move away from fantasy. We talked about Norse mythology, so let's talk about some some uh, not so mythological civilizations within a pseudo accurate strategy game. Fields of Glory Empires just released uh, version 1.0.3. It's a patch. And within it, they are like region abandonment. They are, there's some new buildings and unrest mechanics in place. There's alternative power displays. They're uh, addressing some of the issues that were brought up with uh, rebellion. There's unit rebalancing. They're improving the AI. So there's all kinds of stuff going on here. We have a, we have a Kia copy. Uh, Micah is playing it. <laughs> trying to play it but like like you and like i like joshua we're just all slammed in our real life right now so it's hard to get any kind of time to sit down and uh, fields of glory games are very intense and this game is going up against imperator rome so it's you know this is not going to be a simple just pop it in play three minutes and then turn it off and walk away. Not that simple, not that quick. So hopefully we'll get an excursion out of him in the near future for it. But I know that he was very excited, especially like his main concern was like the integration of Fields of Glory 2 with Fields of Glory Empires as a, as the, the alternative way of res combat resolution. So I'm curious for his feedback on that. I know he loved Fields of Glory 2. So, you know, this, this, is, uh, this should be very interesting. But I have no timeline on when it's coming other than it, it'll come in the near future. And uh, then we have one more bit of news. And this is for a game that I covered quite a bit back called Alder's Blood. And this is um, a fantasy, a Cthulhu-esque fantasy squad tactics game. And they, by the time you hear this, I believe that they're going to be, or they're going to have started their Kickstarter. Now, I interact with the devs on Twitter all the time. They're a really nice group of fellows. As far as I can tell, there are no intentions of going to the Epic Store, and I've ranted enough about exclusivity and Kickstarter games that take the devil's deal from the Epic Store. Now, again, we every time this conversation comes up, there's all kinds of li lines drawn in the sand and arguments about the efficacy of one way or another and is this good and is that bad all that aside my stance on everything is comes down to this if if a game on kickstarter said that it will be an epic store exclusive hey all the power to them by all means but if you say it's coming to steam release it on steam when you promise it'll come not a year or however long later but anyways alder's blood i i'm really excited for this it looks really interesting it's one of the things that i want out of squad tactics games that you know we have xcom we have a bunch of other games we have mechs we have other xcom like games but i want more fantasy and more you know post-apocalypse type stuff and you know, and this game kind of fits right there, and it's unique, and the art style is very different. It's 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 something else. Definitely check it out. If this looks like it's your cup of tea, support them. If this looks like it's your cup of tea, and you will never support anybody on Kickstarter again because you were betrayed, well, keep an eye on them and see how they go, and you know, maybe you'll decide to do something else at a later time. But this is definitely a game I'm looking to. All right, very good, uh, Nate. I got a question for you. Yes. Would you like to know? What is Ley Lines? Uh, sure. Why don't you tell me all about them? Yeah, all right. So our What Is game this week is called Ley Lines. 
and Ley Lines is a fantasy 4X game that came out this year. Now, this year we haven't had very many for- fantasy 4Xs. We've had some space ones like Predestination and Interstellar Space Genesis. But Ley Lines is a fantasy 4X game, and it doesn't really bill itself as a spiritual successor to Master of Magic, but... I feel like I can see a lot of the mom influence in it. Now, I gotta be honest with you. The art for the map, it's in hexes, unlike Master of Magic and other spiritual successors like Planar Conquest. It's in hexes, but the map art is rough. It, it's it's, um, it's wow. definitely like that late 90s art. Okay, so it's not early 90s at least, like Master of Magic, but it is definitely like late 90s art. So, no, 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 late 90s are Civ games. Late 90s, it's like, um, I'd say it's on the level of uh, Alpha Centauri. So, Uh, I don't know, I looked at it anyway. Now, the the other art, the, the art for the battlefields and for the cities and for the places of interest, like, that's not bad. It's, it's actually pretty good. Uh, so if you are an art snob, you might have trouble with it. But put all that aside. Put all the art aside. Uh, you're getting a, 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 a traditional fantasy 4X here. You, you've got seven unique re- races to play, which is kind of cool. None of them share the same units. Like, you know, some games, when they come out, it's like everybody has a swordsman. Or everybody has a catapult. There are no unique. There are no shared units among any of the seven factions that you can play. So that's pretty good. You got 90 different spells to choose from. Plenty of random events and things like that. There's multiplayer support, uh, including hot seat, which I don't know if how many people use hot seat anymore. Like back when we were all college kids in our dorms, like hot seat was a lot of fun. But you know, was still, it? Go ahead. No, was it fun? I don't know. I, I never oh, man, used it. I loved it. I, do, I, loved I never it. used it even back then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm old enough to have used it. <laughs> when I was in college in the dorms, do you know what I did? Um, please don't tell us about your illegal substance no. abuse. No, I never did any of that. Besides studying for the future, I didn't spend any time in my dorm playing video games. You dork. <laughs> I was out having fun. I was going to oh, parties. Okay, I was okay, socializing. Okay. I, I, I was not. I did not play computer games in my dorm. I played computer games in my apartment. I didn't live in the dorm. <laughs> I got you. All right. And I played well, Ascendancy. The, anyway, Ley Lines comes with the scenario editor and things like that. You know, they're they're not trying to pose as a Master of Magic spiritual successor. It kind of looks like one to me. So if you're still looking for like a fantasy 4X, like I said, there really hasn't been that much this year. We've gotten a lot of space 4X, uh, but not much fantasy. So if you're looking for a brand new fantasy one, I haven't played it myself. Maybe I will someday. But um, Ley Lines came out this year, and we just wanted to highlight it in our What Is section. Yep. And speaking of fantasy... I got a key for Fantasy General 2, so I hope to be firing it up very soon. I was going to do something on the weekend, but it didn't happen, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But anyways, okay, so, all right, remember how I said I was going to soapbox an issue? Yeah, I want to do that too in just a little bit. Okay, all right, so let me start. 
So I, I'm going to be careful here because I've stated my opinion about this uh, fellow in the past and why he really bothers me and why what he does just makes me mm, want to do bad things. So anyways, this is that clown Ajit Pai, the head of the FCC. And I've ranted enough about him to be able to, for people to know my, generally, I don't like the guy. But anyways, this past week, I believe it was this past week, maybe even the week before, there, there were regulations where towns and local municipalities can force cable companies to have a minimum quality of service. Now, somebody who listens would be like, why does that matter? Well, because within the U.S., the U.S. has a giant monopoly on that's controlled by these uh, providers, by these internet providers or, you know, t uh, telecom companies. And they basically control a whole market and they do whatever they want. So to combat that, local municipalities or towns or states or, you know, regions would force them to have, okay, if you want to be here, this is the minimum you have to have. If you cannot do this, then you cannot have this, you know, full control of the market you must let the competition in. And once once the competition comes in, immediately everything improves. Having said all of that, you're like, okay, Nate, what's new about this? Why are you up in arms about this? Well, remember how earlier we were talking about Google Stadia when I was discussing Age of Wonders Planetfall? Yes, I do. Okay, so Google Stadia essentially is cloud gaming. So I'm not going to discuss the pricing for Google Stadia, which is hot garbage. I'm not going to discuss the business plan for Google Stadia, which is the other smell of the hot garbage forget either one of those that's just my personal opinion but what i will discuss is the fact that if you have google stadia you have to have an online connection at all times in order to maintain this ability to play on any device be it a computer a console a phone a tablet not a blackboard because that's not connect well actually no you can have the digital blackboards that are connected to the internet but i mean you know what i'm saying it cannot be physical media it cannot be a disc that's sitting on a system that's not connected it has to be online at all times if you so if you have that kind of a platform if that is the ecosystem that you are supporting how exactly are you going to play a 4k game if your internet connection is almost on the level of dial-up because even the bare minimums that are, were previously required by whatever municipality you live in are no longer enforceable because the fcc has decided that in order to increase competition we need to remove regulation uh, okay, so that's kind of my thing. So I think that the whole prospect of Google Stadia and cloud gaming of that type, not cloud saves, but actual cloud gaming, I think that's just that's not realistic at all anytime soon with what's happening right now around here, right? anywhere. In a lot of places, it's like that. In a lot of places, they got hard caps on data and things like that. And that does affect us. Normally, like this particular rant would be like, Nate, nobody cares. Move on. But this specifically affects gamers, at least in the U.S., at least in any area that has hard caps. How will you maintain your Stadia accounts, your Forex games or strategy or whatever you're playing if, you know, even your bare minimum speed doesn't support high quality content, you know? Right, so exactly. That's I'm, I'm my rant. Good. What's your rant? Well, my rant is this, and it's going to be a bit negative. And so, if uh -oh. you don't want to hear a lot of negativity, we're basically done with the podcast. So, no, well, we have the games out. we're playing, and uh, this mainly goes out to developers who listen to our podcast. Uh -oh. uh, over the years, Nate and I and other guys on the staff uh, will make suggestions about. 4X games, um, especially 4X games that are in development. 
And sometimes mm-hmm. developers will take our suggestions and implement them, and sometimes not. Uh, for instance, we might criticize a game on its mechanics or its name or something else. And, uh, well, well, just take um, Stellar Monarch, for instance, that we reported on earlier tonight. Uh, originally, that game was called Pocket Space Empire. And I said that wasn't a good name for it. And I think Josh also said the same thing. And Chris, all we, you know, we all kind of mentioned that. And Chris Cosmic, the developer for it, said, yeah, you know what? When you think about it, uh, Pocket Space Empire really doesn't describe what this game is. And so he changed it to Stellar Monarch, which is a name that fits the game so much better. It's much more accurate in describing it. And I think Chris would tell you, if you were to ask him, that the name change worked out really well for him. And and personally, you know, Chris can define success for himself, but when I look at how well Stellar Monarch has done, you know, I think he's had a really successful game. And I think changing the name of the game played a part, not not the whole part, but it's certainly a, a, a particular part in that game's success. And so there's been times when devs didn't take my suggestions or Nate's or Rob's or anybody's and things didn't go so well for them. And and I'm not saying that I'm an expert or Nate's an expert or Rob's an expert. We're not experts. We're fans. But what we are is definitely experienced in 4X games. Between Mm -hmm. all of us on staff, we have probably tens of thousands of hours playing 4X games. So we... We understand what they're about, and we understand what people like about them. And in the past 12 months, there have been several titles released where we gave the developers significant feedback about features of their games, different aspects of their games, that we weren't really comfortable with. And I'm not going to deem those games. The The developers know who they are. <laughs> and, and our advice okay. was not heeded in those cases. Mm. And it and honestly, I think if those de- developers were being truly honest, they would say that their game launches didn't go as well as they had hoped they would. Mm. Now, when Nate or Rob or Dallin or Josh or Oliver or I criticize a game, we never do it to be mean. We don't right. do this to poke fun or demean developers or go for laughs. We don't do any of that sort of thing. We leave that to other podcasts. They can do that. Right. But like I said, you know, we give this feedback to developers through the weekly exchange, through our preview articles or our Q&As that we've or done. Or even, even when we're involved in uh, early access or closed betas when we're giving feedback or something like that. Excellent point. Uh, which, I mean, somebody on staff is usually on involved in s- right. every early access for every Forex game that comes out. Somebody yep. on for Explorminate staff is doing something. We we really right. are. We try to get involved early uh, because we want to. We love these games and we want to know about these games. And our feedback on this is sincere. And like I just said, we have a you know when you put us all together, tens of thousands of hours playing 4X games. So what I'm what I'm saying is is this: when staff at Explorminate gives feedback. We do it with an attitude toward we want all games to succeed, to succeed, I should say. 
We want all 4X games to succeed. From Apollo 4X to Endless Legend, we want all developers to succeed in what we're doing. We're not trying to score points or mislead anyone. We're being very sincere. So developers, when you hear Nate or me or Rob or Oliver give you advice about an aspect of your game, I'm just asking you to please listen and don't just dismiss our criticism as uh, internet talking heads or as, well, they're not on the inside. They don't know how we see things from our perspective. That's true, and, and we don't. We don't see things from the developer's perspective, but we do see them from the consumer's perspective, and we have consumed an awful lot of Forex games over the years. So for me, it's been kind of painful to watch over the last 12 months some good games lose out on sales because of something that somebody on staff saw early in their design and pointed out. I, I don't, like I said, I don't want to name names. I don't want to be specific. But if someone were to talk to me in private, I could tell them specifically where certain games that have come out in the last year, where we have pointed out problems we saw either in a weekly exchange podcast, which I know the developers listen to, uh, our preview articles or our Q&A articles. And we said, look, this looks like a problem area. You might want to address it. And then they didn't. And mm. then in their Steam reviews or in reactions to our reviews or, or in some other format, mm. fans of 4X games have said the reason I'm not buying this game or the reason I'm giving this a negative Steam review or a negative Metacritic review is mm. these reasons. And again, we have pointed out those reasons on our weekly exchange podcasts or our preview articles or our Q&A articles, and we have tried to help the develop. We really just want to help the developers produce good games. We're on your side, devs. We're selfish like that. That's yes, what we are. And we it's are selfish. true. It's not for anybody else. It's because for us, as selfish 4X entitled gamers, we're like, if you did this thing, it would be better. Now, if, if somebody listens to us and they're like, yeah, that's a good idea, and they do something about it, and then they sell so many more copies, we don't even need them to come to us and be like, yo, you guys gave us a great idea. That's okay. We see it in the game as a reflection in the game. Now, I don't know what game triggered this for you, and I'm very curious to find out, but I have more than it's, a few it's games. It's definitely more than one. Like I said, yes, it's yes, several, at least three in the last 12 months. Hmm. Okay, now I got now. Okay, now I need to know, but I I won't ask. I don't want to put anybody on the spot, so I'll ask you off air for what games those are. All right, is that the end of your rant? That that's the end. Is there anything okay. else you want to say before we close this one up? Are we not going to talk about games we're playing tonight? Holy crap! I forgot all about that. Well, I, oh my! <laughs> I've had such a I've had Troy. a rough week. I've had a rough oh week. Oh my god, Troy! What's with all the profanity today? Oh wow! Yeah. Um. <laughs> Look, I'll go first. Like I said, I, I spent most of my evenings taping, taking naps. Um, I played a lot of Thea 2 mm-hmm. uh, once the expansion went live. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably played four or five hours of that. And mm-hmm. I played just a little bit of World of Tanks Blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely feeling the need to go blow up some tanks here in okay. a little bit once we're off the air. Uh-oh. And that's been it for me. What about you? Oh, just uh, so a game that previously I had mentioned I cannot... There's there are three games right now that I'm playing that I cannot discuss. Well, one of them I can discuss now. So Age of Wonders Planetfall. I've I've been playing it. 
I don't even know if I'm allowed to say how or why they're pretty stringent. So I'll just say that I've played it. I enjoyed it. If anybody asks me, hey, Nate, what do you think? Is it worth it? My answer is absolutely. Well, I know you were a fan of Age of Wonders 3 and you really liked the game, you know, the full version of the game. How does this game compare to it? Well, it's better. It doesn't have as many factions, so the variety is not quite there when compared to Age of Wonders 3 faction-wise or maybe overall unit-wise. But on the other hand, each faction in Age of Wonders Planetfall is unique and each one is different. So it already has that and the new gameplay mechanics and the improved combat. And just like it's a lot of the issues I had with the original Age of Wonders 3, the fantasy game, Planetfall addressed. And I'm expecting in the future when they release additional content to kind of fill in the spots that I'm looking for more exciting stuff. So yes, if somebody asks me, what do I think? I like it. Now, so there's two other games that I cannot talk about. So I will just say there's two other games that I've played that I cannot talk about. And I will mention two games that I have played that I can talk about. One of them is Aggressors Ancient Rome. Like I said, I'm going to try to knock out that review this month. So I really am relearning major parts of the game, but... I think it'll make my review better as a result. And Thea 2. I too have been playing Thea 2. Part of it is because of the review, but the other part is because of this new content. And I've had some really interesting stuff happen to me and I've been posting it on my Steam wall. So if you guys are my friends on Steam, you can see these posts and like, I'll, you know, screen grabs and whatnot, snapshots, screenshots, whatever. And one of the things that's different that I really like is that in Thea 2, the base game, not with the new DLC, which is free, by the way, and you had mentioned it, but I want to reiterate it. It is free. You do not need to pay for it. You get it automatically. You bought the game, you're getting this DLC free and most likely all future DLCs as well. So the male characters, if they had a lot of mysticism and destiny, they could become uh, mages of witches or, you know, magic users. But every time that happens, some witch, some evil witch jumped out of the bushes haha boom curse put a curse on your kid and that's it your kid's a big fat rat well <laughs> this new dlc explains why that is happening why is it like that why do, do these ninja witch assassin appear out of nowhere and curse your children to these horrible fates so knowing the story you i don't want to spoil it for anybody but it's pretty cool it's a nice little it's a nice explanation I've had two male kids that I thought were going to be majors turn into other things. Same ninja witch assassins <laughs> pop out of the bushes and curse them, but they're not, um, th their curse is different. So one of them turned into no more is he a rat. He is now a bat. <laughs> so I have oh, a bat. Oh no, really? But it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And the other one, he so here's something, um, I don't know if it was supposed to be for this uh, update or for the one that's coming. So they do updates now every two weeks. So pretty much on the 1st and 15th or 30th, whenever it happens to fall. So I think on the next update, they're going to add another tag. When you have a child that has parents that are different, the different races in the game, dwarf, elf, goblin, orc, human, you know, undead, whatever. Uh, if you have a child who's half-half, then... It'll say this child is half this, half that. So one of my kids, which was a half human, half goblin, um, if you know anything about Thea 2, the goblins have access to the gray world. And when they're in there, they, you know, open their minds to magic. So um, in um, my, my half goblin 
stayed in the gray world a little bit too long and it stripped all the flesh out of him. So when he came back, he's now a magic skeleton. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, I love so this having... game. The wackiest stuff happens. It's fun. It's fun. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible, like in a great way. Like horrible things happen to you if you aren't prepared. But anyways, listen, that's it. I mean, if you guys want to know, or gals, if you want to know, and you're my friends on Steam, just look on my wall. I'll be posting stuff up there. And stay tuned for my review. All right, listen, I think we got to wrap it up. So I just want to do a big shout out and thank you to our patrons and for all of your support on Patreon. We really, really, really appreciate you guys. And don't forget to let us know if you are a patron and you don't have access to the exemplary fans um, sub form or channel on our Discord, please let us know and we will add you there. And um, just thank you for watching our videos. Rob's been doing a lot some videos on youtube dallin too so from time to time when they post it we'll update it on the website and don't forget it's new month new poll so we have a poll for age of wonders planet poll check it out and let me see is there anything else nope we're gonna, we're gonna have a whole bunch of content this week so stay tuned that's it all right well we'd really like to thank you for joining us this week for the weekly exchange this has been troy and nate for explorminate take care everyone see ya Thank you.